the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. It's the special real estate edition that I seem to do at least one hour a week dedicated to real estate. When I do that, I bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. Good morning. Is it realtor or realtor? Realtor. Or, or realtor. It's not realtor. realtor. It's not realtor. Realtor? I like the way you say that. Let's get a break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, about financing a second home. Potentially... Ooh. I once interviewed at Silicon Investment, Silicon Valley Bank, and I was like, who's your customers? And they're like, um, startups. I'm like, oh, I probably should have done a little bit of uh, research before I, I talked to you guys, right? Probably. And since then, I've kind of learned. We're going to talk a little bit about Silicon Valley Bank and um, banking and the brokerage world of mortgages. We're going to talk about markets that are doing well, home equity. We're talking about rents. And most importantly, we're going to talk about the yard of the month. My homeowners association, I've got a rental property in North Carolina, which I, I think in the back of my mind was an investment property when I originally got into it. And then it really didn't go kind of like the California goes. <laughs> and there's a lot of land down there. And you kind of learn, you know, through years, like the old saying of they're not making any more land. It's, it's, it's wrong. They are. They're tearing down golf courses and putting up land. And if you own a single-family home next to a golf course, uh, they could turn that golf course into 10 million rental units. Not 10 million rental units, but 10,000 rental units pretty fast. And then suddenly you're like, I have this single Oh, I have this great view. Oh, there's no crime. Oh, it can all change on a dime kind of, so to speak. But yeah. um, So I've got a property on the East Coast, and they just sent out the yard of the month. The homeowners associations. So they go around and take a look at people's yards. Were you the yard of the month? No, 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 no. <laughs> but it isn't that. I, I, don't you want? I almost feel like they're patting me on the head, sending this kind of stuff out. If you live there, I, I think small town living has its value in large part because, uh, you know, a, a fun night out is actually going to a potluck with your friends. So you're nice to your friends because you're no longer competing for jobs with them. They're just your friend. You're doing a potluck with them. So. I like how quaint and is it colloquial um, sending out yard of the month, i.e. take care of your damn yard people. Um, and we're just reminding you that here's how what people do so well. And I don't know what do you win for yard of the month? Probably nothing. Maybe a $5. Maybe Starbucks. a sign you get to stick in your yard. Uh, anyways, that's pretty. That's I know. Really right. I'm, I'm showing them. I'm showing yeah. some of these yards, but also when you look at some of these pictures back of North Carolina, you're like, Wow, the construction's not very good. Yeah, and they put those up pretty quickly. Like, where's the trees? This whole neighborhood has no trees. Yeah. They're like, you see the trees, and they're teeny tiny. And in 30 years from now, they're going to be 
quite nice. It's an interesting golf course community. I've seen the house. It reminds me of that um, Flintstones episode where Fred and Barney are going to Rock Vegas and they're driving through the desert and they come across this teeny, teeny tiny little creek in the desert and it says and Fred looks to Barney and goes it's not much now hey hey buddy it's not much now but I hear in a million years it's going to be quite grand <laughs> so they, they're crossing the Grand Canyon yeah and it's just a trickle of a stream at that point in time there's no canyon okay I don't need to explain this do you think our kids would even understand Flintstones? No, not really. I think it was I've a- tried to show my kid a couple of the old cartoons, and it just doesn't make sense. Like Tom and Jerry, they're just beating each other up. Which, yeah, which is great. Which- <laughs> if you want to teach your kid how to be a sociopath, yeah. you want him to become the next Dexter. That's the way to do it. So anyway, I think what I was trying to bring up is that, um, oh, even in the desert, like homeowners associations, things like that, it's not much, but in, uh, here in a million years. Um, I missed the Flintstones. You heard about that that community in, um, I can't remember where it was, but they, they were built around a golf course, and they had a fee for water, and the water fee went up. And they said, okay, so it's a $35 extra a month per household, and they voted against it, and then the golf course closed. So now they, they're no longer on a golf course, and, and then the owner of the golf course burned down his, his um, clubhouse, and now it's just trash. And overgrown weeds, and um, that's kind of what you get. So you, you you inherit a lot of responsibility when you go into an HOA. Um, get involved. That's what I can recommend. Oh, definitely get involved. Isn't it funny? Like the different perspective of twenty years. Back in my early twenties, when I was living in someone else's place, when I was renting someone else's place, the homeowners associations. They're and it, and it, it's it's cliche. They're House Nazis? Is it too soon to do Hitler jokes again? Or can I get back to Hitler jokes or Nazi no. jokes? But the homeowners association, they're kind of evil companies. Now you're look, now I look at them as they're my partners. And they're sending out mm-hmm. cute little emails to me saying, hey, look at the yard of the month. And I do want my tenants to weed and feed, so to speak. And I know you're saying weed. You want them to grow weed in the backyard? No, 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 no. Um, it's, too, it's tough to explain. So take care of the grass. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look at my gardener. It's Matthew Connie. All right, all right, all right. And look who's uh, watering the, the, the plants in back. It's Willie Nelson and Woody Harrelson. Who else is famous for smoking marijuana? Oh, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Sure. Snoop Dogg's, uh, he's at the post office. He's dropping off some packages. So anyway, uh, what do you want to talk about? You listed quite a few pretty good stories. Um, I like the one about the 13.3%. Home equity. Home equity increased the United States over the last quarter. That seems to be like one trillion dollars. Okay, um, and that kind of ties into the whole equity lines are increasing by about eighteen percent. So more equity lines from the previous year, uh, even though that some of the interest can't be uh, deducted, the rates are averaging about five point nine. Then people are still going after these equity lines. I mean, and, and it, it all makes sense. Your house is growing; it's cheaper than getting personal loans, which. Uh, you know, if you want to get a set of windows, you're not going down to the bank and getting, you know, it can range between four and 20%, and you'll probably end up at like eight, nine, 10. You're not using a credit card. You're going to get an equity line. And that's what people are, even though you can't write off the interest. So uh, it's making a lot of sense, but it, I, it's just too easy. I think as interest rates get higher, 
uh, loans are a little bit easier to get, especially with the, you know, banks are looking for opportunities for volume right now. Um, mortgage origination is down so far, and they're just going to push, push, push what people think is easy. And that's what an equity line is. But it can be dangerous. How dangerous? Well, are we talking like swimming with a python? Uh, yeah, yeah. The great, you know, Jaws. Um, I spell my name. Getting out of danger. an equity line. A lot of people don't realize it's a cash out transaction. Um, some people overextend. Some people use it thinking they're going to pay it back and then keep running it up um, hmm. like a credit card. And then they, or they get used to the 10 years of interest only, and then it resets or recasts and they get stuck with the higher payments uh, with no kind of exit strategy. So I'd be really careful and do a lot of planning and research before you get into one. For me, the big thing is a home equity line of credit kind of assumes better performance. Like mm-hmm. you're borrowing the money at a cost. You're, you're selling your home at a cost. You're selling a chunk of your home. You're selling some of the equity in your home. You're getting it out. Yep. You have to pay it back. Let's, let's say it's, the cost is 4%. So I think the problem is a lot of people think they can beat 4% when they start. Like I'm going to go put in more real estate. And they yeah. put it into a car that depreciates 20% the moment you drive it off the lot. Yeah. Or they put it into a vacation home that doesn't appreciate quite like a rental home or a single family home. Well, we see a lot of people pull cash out, pay off credit cards, and then run the credit cards right back up. There you go. Same and thing. We endorse it if it's a transaction for Tony Mendez. We don't endorse <laughs> it if it's a financial plan. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does home equity loans. He does equity lines. He does all sorts of mortgages and much, much more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Bill Gates is a pretty smart dude. Whether you like him or not, I get it. I get it. Uh, When I first moved to the Bay Area, I saw... You know, license plate that said MSFTSUX. I'm like, I get it. Microsoft sucks. You know, um, I saw text uh, license plates like uh, Boo B O O A O L. Um, I get it. But 15 years ago, Bill Gates wrote a book called At the Speed of Thought. It's 1999. Keep in mind the iPhone just turned 10. Okay, so this is pre-iPhone. And he made some predictions in this book that I recently looked at, and they're pretty fascinating. He predicted automated price comparison services. Automated price comparison services will be developed, allowing people to see prices across multiple websites. And you can now do that with Nextag, Price Grabber, and Microsoft's Bing or Google or Amazon. He talked about mobile devices. He said people carry around small devices that will allow them to constantly stay in touch and do business from wherever they are. They'll be able to check the news, see flights that they've booked, get information from financial markets, do anything they want for these devices. So 15 years later, we have smartphones, smartwatches, speakers like Amazon Echo. 15 years ago, he said instant payments and financing online um, and better health care through the web. Uh, his prediction was people pay their bills, take care of their finances, and communicate with their doctors over the Internet. We were all slow to pay our bills online, and then we're like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to set it up through my bank account and have it automatically done every month. Awesome. I went through all my bank accounts yesterday just to kind of monitor them and make sure that I'm getting paid what I'm supposed to be paid and making sure I'm supposed to get discounts or I'm supposed to get discounts. But he was right, you know. Uh, we changed healthcare. 
uh, tech hasn't been able to change healthcare yet, but it's it's evolving and it's the number one focus I think right now in Silicon Valley. Um, Uber's changed transportation. Zocdoc is trying to make it easy to find a doctor and scheduling easier. There's companies like One Medical and Ford who are trying to change what the doctor's office is like by offering monthly memberships for online and data-driven healthcare. So there's PayPal, there's Venmo, there's Lending Club making your payments. He talked about personal assistance in the Internet of Things. Personal companions will be developed. Fifteen years ago, he said this. They will connect and sync with all your devices in a smart way. It will inform all your devices, uh, or your purchases, and your schedule, allowing them to automatically adjust to what you're doing. And there's virtual voice assistants like Google's Assistant, Amazon Alexa. They're moving in this direction. Uh, smart devices like Nest collect data on your daily routines and automatically adjust your house's temperature. It's pretty cool. I have a, a Nest, and I like to sleep cold at night, so I like it at 65 or you know, lower. That's fine by me. Um, when I stay in hotels, I, I crank the air conditioning. I like cold. And, uh, every month I get an email from Nest, and it tells me, Hey, you used 130 hours of gas last month. What's what's what are you doing? You're going crazy. And uh, I'm like, damn, you're right. Online home monitoring is something that Bill Gates predicted 15 years ago. Constant video feeds of your house will become common. It's increasingly common in companies like Canary, Ring, Netgear, um, Nest, all make cameras that let you view the feed from your phone, and it's going to send a push alert. When there's a human in the view. Social media is big. He predicted this. He said private websites for your friends and family will become common, allowing you to chat and plan for events. Like, why didn't he come up with Facebook? (laughs) You know? He came up with the idea, or he wrote the idea down. But Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, Snapchat, Line, Slack, and plenty of other apps give you easy access to, you know, your friends, large and small. He talked about automated promotional offers. And... I love it when I get a, a flight uh, email from like Alaska or Hawaiian saying, hey, you can go to Hawaii for 150 bucks if you're willing to leave on a Wednesday and come back on a Tuesday. I'm like, I'm willing to do that. Um, but he said software that knows when you've booked a trip and uses the information to suggest activities at the destination, uh, getting discounts, offers, and cheaper prices for all things that you want to partake in. So companies like Expedia and Kayak, Google and Facebook do that, Airbnb. Live sports discussion sites was a prediction by Bill Gates 15 years ago. While watching a sports competition on television, services will allow you to discuss what's going on live. And I think that's called Twitter. And you can leave comments at ESPN in real time on sites like ESPN. So he said a lot of things. Uh, One of them, which was kind of interesting that I still don't like, but it's kind of interesting. He talked about links to sites during live TV. And his prediction was that television broadcast will include links to relevant websites and content that complement what you're watching. And, you know, all you got to do is turn your television on now. And you see most of these commercials today has a call out to asking the viewer to go to a website or Twitter or scan a QR code, um, add it to Snapchat. It's weird to see a broadcast without a website linked at all at this point in time. So I don't know. Uh, Bill Gates in some cultures is a hero. In other cultures, he's part of the evil empire. And uh, I find that interesting. Another thing I find interesting is Reed Hoffman. He's tied towards LinkedIn, one of the founders. He's a big guy. If you had hundreds of millions of dollars, 
Um, wouldn't you want to live as long as you can? And maybe maybe he's got a, a diet issue. Maybe I'm body shaming. Um, maybe rich people are allowed to be obese, morbidly obese. But uh, the word morbid's kind of crazy. Speaking of obese, hilarious yesterday that uh, the Donald Trump physical came out. And he's one pound from being obese, but he's also six foot three. When in reality, he's probably six or five eleven. Wrong. This is a fine-tuned so, machine. It's weird when a doctor will, you know, cover up for you. Do you think he even got on a scale, or you think he told the doctor, "Here's how much I weigh"? Here's he's he like he pulls out a, a tool for measuring height, and he's no, no, no. Here's what my height is. So I think he wrote the answers for the doctor, kind of thing. Huge. Right? Huge. I know. Thank you. And let him say the United States and tell me he didn't have a stroke when he said this. The United States. <laughs> That's the best. Uh, I'm not political. That's one thing that I am not. So uh, anyway, Reid Hoffman runs LinkedIn. And Bill Gates prediction said that uh, online recruiting would happen. And sites like LinkedIn allow users to upload resumes and find jobs based on interest and needs. And recruiters can search, you know, based on specialized skills. So would these things happen? With that out there, I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, uh, blah, 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 Rob Black Show, and, of course, Rob Black Show. Uh, That's right, Jack. Find me at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. It's my lady friend, Miss Swift. Whoa. I know you're saying, you know Taylor? <laughs> Do I know Taylor? Of course I don't know Taylor. Nobody trusts me. She's like... I got to be careful what I say as far as comparisons to Kanye, but she's very similar to Kanye, if you know what I'm saying. One of the big stories that I get on a regular basis, one of the big questions I get, is college worth it? A lot of people say, how do I afford college? And then it's followed up with the thought of, is it worth it? And if you've ever sent a child to school, to college, it's expensive. Whether you're buying books or tuition Room and board, you tell me where it's cheap. The corruption of the college tuition system has ruined the country, in my opinion. Not today, but 20 years down the road, I think we're going to look back and we're going to say, this is messed up. The price of tuition has gone up higher than inflation every single year since 1978. Student loan debt is now $1.5 trillion. Americans and America has so much debt that we're going to become dependent on other countries like China, Mexico, Europe, and Canada. We rock the debt. So when you see people like President Donald Trump fighting for more equality in trade, it makes a little bit of sense because we're buying a lot of stuff on credit. Not because there should be more equality, but because we're buying a lot of stuff on credit. I'm usually too much of an optimist to talk like this, but as a father, as a person who looks to the future, there's a lot of negatives that weren't there, a lot of barriers that weren't there when I was young. 
when someone talks about global warming, I usually think, you know, hey, alternative energy solutions. We're working on it. We got a plan. I, I, I know there's a problem there. When someone tells me automations will crush jobs, I go, well, ATMs were supposed to put bank tellers out of business. It didn't. It cut down dramatically. And ATMs, as far as cost savings go, created a bank on every corner. Every corner. When people tell me I'm fat and ugly, I go, you're right. The thing where I get negative, because I can do something about my weight, right? Where I get negative is the American debt. I went to New York City as a young man, and I remember seeing that national debt clock. And it was crazy how much debt we're piling on every second, every minute. And it just it keeps rolling. It shows us what our debt is. And if that's not enough to wake us up and say, wake up, pay attention. Our debt in the United States is over $21 trillion. Now, just go write that down. And then write down like 2% or times it by 2% so you can see what, you know, <clears throat> what our interest is. And that's cheap. The United States has to pay $276 billion this year to service the $21 trillion debt. That's crazy. If you subtract out what the U.S. owes the U.S., the national debt is around $15 trillion. So we've, we've loaned ourselves $6 trillion. How do you loan yourself $6 trillion? You call the Treasury and say, fire up the, the printers, and you print money. Now, d- d- does, what does that do? That weakens the dollar because you just made more of them. If your salary was $100,000 and you had to pay $4,000 a year to service all of your debt, you'd say, no problem. Let's take on more debt. So I get people looking the other way. Somewhere between 4 and 7% is the problem. There are only... I'm not going to say I like to garden, but I kind of like to like maintain a lawn, maintain a home, and... You can only put so much poop in your garden until it smells bad. And we've got so much debt, i.e. poop, and we keep putting it into our economy. It's starting to get worse and worse smelling. Yeah. What went wrong was the government started backing student loans in 1965. It was a seemingly generous idea. Let's help the less fortunate get a higher education so they can be more competitive. But unfortunately, it failed due to corruption, due to lousy politics, lousy economics, lack of understanding basic finance, and a ton of other reasons. When the government got in and started subsidizing student loans and started helping people get loans, the price of tuition went higher because of corruption. Corruption on the collegiate level, corruption on the state level, corruption on the government level. College presidents are simply charging more without thinking about the future consequences of the country. And I blame them. It's not going to be made into a movie. It's not going to be dramatic. But our student debt now is $1.5 trillion. In 2003, let's call that 15 years ago, roughly, it was $241 million. $241 million sounded like a big nut. Now it's $1.5 trillion and growing. Everyone is brainwashed and thinking they need college to have a satisfying social experience from 18 to 22. You worked hard in elementary and high school. You deserve to go to college and get drunk and meet the people of the opposite sex. And maybe get a degree while you're at it. There's a social feel to it. 
So an 18-year-old whose brain is inclined to take more risks is being offered $250,000 a loan. They say, sure, why not? Now, the funny thing is, when you're 18, you can't even drink beer. You can go to war, but you can't drink beer. You can take $250,000 in loans, but you can't drink a beer legally. Who's the big loser here? It's the middle class. The rich, I'd say I.E. me, but I don't want to come across as a jerk, but I am a jerk. The rich can afford to send their kids to college. The middle class and the lower class can't. They get financial aid and they take on debt. Or they take on blue-collar jobs if you don't go to college. So it's interesting to know, like, I've never seen a poor plumber. I've never seen a poor electrician. So there are jobs out there that don't require a four-year degree. But we've been brainwashed into thinking we have to send our kids to higher education. And for some reason, blue-collar jobs, like being a plumber or an electrician, are looked down on. Debt ranges, if you talk to young people today... It could go from 25000 to 100000 plus. I've seen some people $400,000, $500,000 in debt who've gone on to become doctors. And then they're miserable because they have so much debt. But they're a doctor. Student loan debt is about $37,172 now average. The middle class it doesn't really benefit much from the financial aid because the financial aid is small. Student loan debt is the only debt you cannot get rid of in bankruptcy, and I think that's going to be a problem down the road. You can get rid of mortgage debt, credit card debt, any other debt, but because the government got their fingers in it, they say you're going to owe us for life. As we continue to push more people to graduate and take risks like taking on more money to go to college, we kill the ability to have a society with innovators, mentors, entrepreneurs, and artists. In large part because they're being told how to act at their at their in their careers, and it's kind of backwards if you think about it. <clears throat> We're encouraging people to take on debt; it ties them down, it slows them down. They're the young people of America, and at the same time, we're losing out because we need innovators. <clears throat> innovators typically don't go to college. We need artists. We need entrepreneurs. Now, there are some colleges that really specialize in creating entrepreneurs, like Stanford. Yay, Stanford. Um, But all of this debt is going to crush America 20, 30 years down the road. Income inequality is going to get greater than ever. Class inequality is going to give rise to more Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump's. An entire generation of innovation is going to disappear, giving China and other countries a chance to pass us in technologies like biotech, alternative energy, internet. Money's going to flee the country down the road because the rich aren't going to be stupid. We're going to have to become more friendly to Canada, Mexico, Europe, and China because of our lining middle class. Will they be nice to us? That's a good question. So we're all advanced, but we're getting these degrees that are a little on the thin side that cost a lot of money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. 
I just talked about millennials and the amazing amount of debt we're putting on the value of college. And I think I came across as a little bit negative. I think the United States is doomed. And we're going to need Canada, Mexico, Europe, and China. Because we're going to have a declining middle class for the foreseeable future. I think money's going to flee the country. Whether you're innovators or entrepreneurs, the people who have money are going to start saying, I don't want to pay those taxes. We're seeing more and more Americans renounce their citizenship as they retire overseas. But as you know, the debt bills come due, we're not going to turn into Greece or Italy, but maybe. You're saying, what's wrong with Italy? Italy's got a lot of debt. They don't, what they offer their citizens is crap for what they pay. Great sick country to visit, but I don't know. As classes get angrier at each other, political candidates get more extreme. And I don't want to get too dramatic, but you kind of have to think back to Germany in 1933 when Germany was poor, incredibly poor country. It led to the rise of an extreme candidate who promised prosperity for the poor. Will the ramifications of extreme college debt and extreme college cost and corruption on the, on the presidential level of a college create you know, angrier Americans? You betcha. So one of the things I've always been impressed uh, with is people who come out of college, who drop out of college, like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg. They had an idea. They ran with it. So we're going to become much more debt dependent because there's not a lot of Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg's. So what's the solution? Force tuitions to go down? It's never going to happen. Stop backing student loans as a government? This will never happen because we've been ingrained as a society that everyone deserves a higher education. Which is untrue and a myth, but people still believe it strongly. You've heard me say numerous times on this radio show through 20 years, I feel blessed I feel lucky that I was born, and I know this is going to sound shocking, white, male, into a, into a family that expected their children to go to college. I wasn't born in Iowa where my daddy was a farmer. I wasn't built in Mississippi where my daddy worked on a boat. I was born with the expectation of going to college. And when I went to college, it was much more affordable. I could deliver pizza. And pay for college. I can get a tuition. I can get a uh, scholarship. I can get government loans that covered a large chunk of it. Now it's just a joke. So do I think our government will ever stop backing student loans? No. Do I feel fortunate that I was born to parents that expect me to go? If you have kids today, I don't know if I have the answer for you. Is college worth it? You can say adjust tuition you know, based on a major. Is that ever going to happen? It should. Should a chemical engineer, a mechanical engineer pay more than a poetry major or a teacher? I can't even imagine sending a kid to school and they, then they come home and say, I want to be a school teacher. And you're like, wow, you're going to work for forty dollars to $60,000 a year after I just spent $250,000 to send you to college? That's, whew, I don't know. So adjust tuition based on major. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Google doesn't require employees to have a college degree. Visa doesn't require people to have a college degree. They actually look for people 
who have philosophy majors and art majors because they think it rounds out their workforce. The myth of higher education is so baked into our society that it's a hard argument to tell an 18-year-old kid not to take out a quarter of a million dollars in loans for a useless degree. History majors? Oof. I don't know. I don't know, man. Archaeology? Um, I'm, not, I'm not slamming the careers. I'm just telling you that it's tough to justify that, that investment. So companies like Google and Oracle and Facebook, Microsoft, Amazon, they're going to have to set up some sort of bridge between high school and college if they want to continue to hire the, the brightest and the best. Because we can't keep asking our kids to graduate college with $250,000 in debt and then expect them to get an apartment in New York or Seattle or San Francisco. It's not going to happen. Can we cut down on the corruption on the, the college level? Probably not. Kickbacks to companies that facilitate college loans. There's evidence out there, you know, that there's kickbacks. A lot of college presidents make millions in salaries. Not because of, well, because they're able to get more money for the school. So corruption has a tendency to get bigger, not smaller, in my opinion. I think we need to reduce demand. Price is always a function of supply and demand. If you reduce the demand for college prices, it will be forced to go down. That's a solution. We could start selling future income. What if a college graduate says, I'll sell off 10% of my future earnings for free college? That creates an exchange. There's ideas out there. I'm still an optimist. This generation of children are going to, they're going to take on a lot of debt. And more and more, it's going to lead to the death of the middle class in the United States. It's going to lead to depression, violence, recessions, income inequality, and much, much more. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.